Everybody got some candy. Let's get this thing started. Welcome back to the Hunting Roots Podcast, brought to you by OnX. This is the Heart Shots edition of the podcast where me and my boys spend a little time sharpening one another, and I hope it'll be something that will encourage you, sharpen you in your life. That's what the goal and the intention of this Heart Shot segment is, and we try to bring this every week or two as we get in the mix and have time to do so. And so that's what we're doing today. It's the Wednesday after Halloween, and we have got a stinking Yeti jug. No, that ain't a jug. Yeti, what do you call those things? Bucket. A little Yeti roadie full of candy. Remy has, has taken care of the team. He's carried the team this week on a number of Halloween deals. And, and isn't it crazy? Let's, let's just take a minute and talk about the number of things. I was talking with some folks yesterday in our meeting, bowhunting.com, talking to the guys about how many things, and this is life in general, everything is bigger, better, showier, more extravagant, but how many things there were for Halloween? Let's just talk about that over this last week, how much stuff there was. How many different events do we go to, Remy? Let's just rattle off some of the things that we did, or you did, and we carried you too. Started off a few weeks ago with what? You remember? Uh. You got to take a break for a second from chewing on candy, spit it out. We went out to KOA, right? KOA, and then... Piney. Went to KOA one weekend. They Piney had some. The they had some fest fall festive stuff. But we went to KOA and then we went to Piney Piney Campground over uh, across the river. Maplewood. And then that was all one weekend. Piney had a big walk around deal, and you could go from camper to camper picking up candy from all the different campers there and campground stuff. And so that was a pretty cool deal. We rode the e-bikes over there and had a big time. That was fun camping that evening over there with those guys. Maplewood. Maplewood, one of the churches here, had a big fall festival. Um, and that was all, all that stuff was before Halloween ever get here, gets here. That was a week, two weeks before. And so we're loaded up with candy. Remy's just, it's just shucking the corn on candy. And then... Halloween finally gets here, and there's stuff all over town. And really, we haven't gone to doing much door-to-door. We'll go visit some friends and hang out and do some stuff like that. But mainly, we'll go to these church trunk retreats, and some churches know how to throw down some candy. And so we went over to Fairview. They had a great trunk retreat going on and lots of stuff there. Hot dogs. I love a dang church that will give out a bunch of candy for the kids and hot dogs for the dads. And... I think I ate four hot dogs over at Fairview. That was a pretty good little run there for me. So hot dogs and hot candy dog, hot dogs and are chili. Like, uh, church hot dogs are like the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they put them big old beef hot dogs. Any mm-hmm. that mixed up junk, funky junk that make you sick, it, it's some mm-hmm. big big honking beef hot dogs and some good stuff. And so all that to say, we have managed to round up quite the stash of candy and I'm your classic dad that pretty much confiscates the candy. They they fight about it for a day or two. I get sick and tired of that, so I just confiscate it all. So I've got it right here in this little Yeti Yeti cooler, and that's the stash. What do we do with the candy, boys? What does it become after y'all kind of eat on it for a day or two? What does it become going forward after Halloween? Hunting snacks. Hunting snacks. That's, that's right. what they say, but they always take it. Yeah, well, we take it for hunting snacks. Aiden's right. Hunting snacks is what it becomes, and... Again, we just have a stash. Aiden already loaded up some candy for the afternoon hunt for him, and I'll do the same, and it's it's all good. So, big time. We don't get into Halloween and all the crazy crap. There's a lot of funky junk goes on. Halloween's such a, a weird thing. It used to be for kids, and I feel like now more than ever, it's, it's 
more and more the parents are stealing Halloween from kids, right? You see more and more parents that are all about it than and than the kids, and they're spending more money on their outfits and costumes, and and than the kids, and it's turning into quite a deal, you know. But anyway, a festive evening, in our case, a festive week or two of fall festivities and all that stuff. So it's been good, good candy stash. But that raises a question for me: is what is the best candy? This question comes up all the time. Came up yesterday in my meeting. What's your go-to candy when you're going to the tree stand? What's the best candy? What's the best Halloween candy for the tree stand? What are you going to take to the deer woods with you? If you're going to go get into this Yeti bucket and dig through, what's your favorite candy for taking to the deer woods? We'll start with Easton. Well, you can't start with Easton. Easton's got a mouthful of candy right now. Remy, what's your favorite candy? If you had to pick three, let's go with three. Your top three candies for the deer woods. Go ahead. I'm not really sure because I really like a lot of candy. You got to give me three, bro. Fine. Uh, number one is Fun Dip. Number two, Reese's. And number three is probably Sour Patch Kids. Man, fun, isn't Fun Dip hard, though? I'm like, don't you have to have no. the stick? It's, it's, no, like two, it's a two-handed you, operation, right? Yeah. You lick it, and then you put it in there, and then you keep on just licking it. And then once you're done, you eat the hard stick. It's there's, not really that hard, though. There's one side on the stick, and then they got the pouch with all the powder. And then you got to take the stick out and then get the powder. So so it's a two-handed operation, yes. basically. Yeah, so I am I'm I like the old Fun Dip Remy. I remember that when I was a kid. But I'm going to say Ixnay on the, for being in the woods. I mean, you can take it all what? you want to, but that's a two-handed deal. You know what I'm saying? That's two-handed. Like, how are you going to blow a grunt call, use a range finder, you got to two hands of fun dip. Before you do fun dip, you can put the grunt call in your mouth and grunt while you're eating fun dip. All right, so there's Remy's. Aiden, top three go-tos. I'm going Reese's, Skittles, and then the three musketeer. Three musketeer. Ugh. Okay. Well, that's, those that's are right. horrible. No, those are pretty good. You can't hardly beat Reese's. That's good stuff. Uh, Reese's are... Chocolate the only peanut thing butter. good was Reese's. Yeah, he did good the on The rest that. are horrible. Aiden's got a... He's got a gluten issue. He has to eat certain stuff and can't eat certain stuff, and so he's got to kind of eat some of those different ones. He might eat some other stuff if he uh, could tolerate it with his diet program he's got to be on, but uh, he still gets to get some of the good stuff as well. Easton, what about you, buddy? Top three candies that you've eaten in the last five minutes. Put your mic up there. Come on. Top three candies you're going to take to the deer woods. Sour Patch Kids, Jolly Ranchers, and... I don't know. You got to give me one more. So far, it's all fruity. Yeah. You don't have any chocolate. Give me a chocolate. Give me a chocolate item. Yeah. Blow pop. That's not chocolate, ding dong. Yeah. Well, that's chocolate. what I like. All right. So there, be there's a chocolate yours. Bl- blow pop. All right. So he went full fruity on his stuff. As for me, it's I'm, I'm all about Snickers, Twix. I like Kit Kat. Those would be some of my, my top three. And... Um, yeah, sometimes I'll get on a fruity run. I'll eat some Skittles. I used to be hardcore Skittles. Now I'm down to where I don't like anything in the Skittles pack other than grape and red. They can throw away all that other crap. Yellow? No, I'll pass that on to you guys. Y'all get the yellows and the orange and the green. All I want is straight grape, purple, and red. That's all I eat out of Skittles. And, like, you just open that pack up right there, Aiden, and look what it is. You got one red. The rest is yellow, green, and orange. And so I, that's kind of a... They don't get purple. Yeah, that's kind of a bogus deal. I don't know why they're holding out and don't put purple and red in there more than they do. I don't know if it 
is more cost effective. I mean, I don't know what that's all about, but that's awful. Whole pack of yellow and green and orange Skittles of the devil. So there's the basics. That's what we'll be talking to the woods. That's our go-to candy. And you know when it's getting tough, you get down to the bottom and it's nothing but empty wrappers down in there. And it's all the junk. What's the junk candy? Granny candy. But Granny candy. Like Stuff that's in like you see through wrappers. Little clear cellophane wrappers. You call that, what do you call it, Remy? Granny candy. Granny candy. Dum dums. Dum dums. Somebody stole those from the stole those from the bank and Chewy just threw them in lemon there. heads. Those are good. No, they aren't. Chewy lemon heads. All that granny candy. Almond joys. We'll get down to the granny candy that we'll be trying to get get, get rid of that or go give it to the neighbors or something like that, maybe. But some grannies. All right, real quick, we want to talk about last uh, week or so of our hunt report. What's been going on in the deer woods? What have we gotten done, Remy, in the last week? We had the youth hunt this past weekend. Remy, what happened for you? We killed a, I killed a buck and. Killed a buck. What was it? Uh, you, I say a six-pointer, but you like to say a five-pointer. Yeah, I think it was kind of a five, five-ish. I don't know. Had three on one side and kind of two on the other, and maybe three if you want to stretch it out to three. But the cool thing about that buck, we talked about this yesterday, is Remy kills this buck, and it's a it's a five pointer, but basically a, a big three pointer. Kind of had two little forkies on one side. But the cool thing about it is the fact that this buck closely resembles kind of uh, the deer he passed on out in South Carolina. I know we've talked about that several times. We talked about that last week. That uh, last. A few weeks ago, he passes up this buck, and it's a three-pointer. We pass it up so this other kid or other opportunities for other kids that were going to be first-time hunters coming could have the chance to kill this deer or kill a deer. So we pass up these couple bucks. They're smaller than what we've seen. They're smaller than what Remy killed last year. And he didn't want to do it, but me and Easton made him kind of pass it up and hopes that somebody else would have that opportunity. Easton passed it, and then thus we made Remy pass it as well. But Cool thing is, as we talked about last week, Gabe, his kid named Gabe, gets to shoot the deer, kills this little three-pointer. It's his first deer ever. Shoots it with 308. Uh, dude's a stud. Shoots this deer and kills it. First deer ever. He's blown away. Fired up. He, you know, blood on the cheeks. He's full-blown deer hunter now. And, you know, like I said, he comes from a tough home situation. Single mom. Dad ran off and left him. And there's nobody there in that family to teach him how to hunt. And so that's what's so cool about CTO. They took him out and hunted. And so he got on his first one last, uh, like I said, last week or so ago, killed his first deer, and it was all good. Well, the cool thing about it is that Remy, last weekend on the youth hunt, he shoots this deer. Like I said, it, it kind of is, is an oversized buck like you passed up. It's got the forks on the same side. It looks like it's kind of an overgrown size buck that you passed in south carolina so to me that's god blessing you remy with the cool opportunity you pass that up a little bit begrudgingly but you passed it up and that kid had the opportunity to kill it his first one and then here you are god's giving you back i just uh, blessing to- you beyond what you gave and so that's a pretty cool deal that you got yours done that was when was it saturday night of the youth hunt yeah saturday night yeah. first day of the youth hunt saturday evening you popped him a goodie I just wanted to uh, kill one of the bucks in South Carolina with a muzzleloader because I've never killed anything. I know. Or it. shot a muzzleloader. I know. It. we got to get you a muzzleloader. We don't even own a muzzleloader. We need a muzzleloader up in the house here for sure because that is definitely one of the best times of the year. Muzzleloader season starts this weekend, and it's, uh, you know, we do a lot of bow hunting, but that is a good chance to kill 
a good, good deer with a gun, muzzleloader. Said, yeah, we need to get one of those rounded up. We'll figure out what the best of the best is in muzzleloaders these days and try to figure out something to get rounded up and, and try to kill one with a muzzleloader. That'd be cool. We got plenty of buddies that got muzzleloaders. Maybe we can snatch one from somebody. But the cool thing about that hunt, how did it go down, Remy? Uh, so. Uh, did we see any deer all day? No. It was awful. So in the morning hunt, we saw nothing. We go to the. Jake's thing, everyone gets their stuff and stuff. So, Jake's day, Jake's thing. Jake's you talk thing. about yeah, the Jake's thing is the is our local chapter, uh, Turkey Federation. That's our Jake's day. We had a big buck contest, big doe. Dad keeps on always saying that the girls always win, and they do. Home. Last year the girls won big buck. This year the girls win big buck. They won big doe this year. They clean. It was clean house. It's always the girls. Go ahead. Anyway, this afternoon uh, we set up in the car. We're just staying in there, eating snacks, uh, yep. and then. Uh, right as prime time, Dad was like, I feel like there's going to be something out here, but it gets, like, really dark, and there's only, like, seven minutes until yeah. shooting time's over. And then Dad goes out to uh, get out of the uh, trailer, well, car I'm at. Get out of the truck. And he sees, uh, and he steps on the uh, thin, uh, hitch haul. Hitch haul. And, the, and he's like, oh, dang it, there's a deer, but now he's going to run away because I stepped on something. Yeah. But he was, and he was like, Remy, come here, he's still here. And I was like, okay, and bring, and he was like, bring your gun. Yep. So we get out there, make another noise, and he's like, nope, he's gone, he's running away. And I was like, no, he's still there, he, 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 it's just dark, so you can't really see him. Yep. Anyway, so, shoot, uh, get your, got, get my gun on your arm, and then we try, uh, we shoot, uh, and then, uh, we, we didn't see the deer do anything. It was just still feeding right there. And it, yep. and you're like, yeah, I do better than that. And I was like, well, I can't really see that much. It's getting pretty dark. So uh, we reload, and then we shoot him, and then he just dumps on you the dumped ground. dumped him right there, didn't you? All right, so that's the that's the nuts and bolts of the story. I'm going to back up because some people are probably thinking, I mean, you're hunting out of your truck? What in the world? So, yeah, we get out there. As Remy said, it was an awful day. We hunted all morning. Me, Remy, and Easton are in the blind that morning for the hunt. Had a car come in on us up above us. It was some public ground that we hunt, and so other people were in there, and I don't know what these people were doing. They weren't deer hunting. I think they were poaching waterfowl or something, but I don't know what they had going on. They were. It was kind of a shady, sketchy deal, but they kind of pull up in the road and stop for about 10 minutes right where the deer normally come across the road onto the chunk of ground we were on. And um, so they kind of blew that up for us. We never saw anything. We've been seeing a lot of deer there and, and didn't see nothing that morning. So, and that's not unusual. I mean, you know, a lot of times that youth hunt, first morning we don't see much. Uh, afternoon's where it's at. We go out. The wind's totally jacked. It's that east wind, and, and I don't know. East is, wind's never been great. You know, you hear people say east. When the wind's in the east, you see the least and, and different things like that for for deer and, and just just not it was pretty warm uh trying to rain and so we get to our spot it was just the wind was bad i thought man it's gonna blow us up we'll be blowing right up in the deer we can't hunt there so we go to the far end of the field and i think let's just get on the side we're running low on time we just get in the back of the topper we got the truck topper we use it for camping out of hunting out of now we're going to use it for a deer blind and so we pop the window up put the turkey chairs in the back have our snacks and it is about as comfortable as it gets, you know, got the little side windows on it, got the big window in the back, and it was just, it was super cozy. I thought, this is this is straight redneck right here, 
this ain't real hardcore, but I like it. And that's what we did. So we're over watching this field. And one of the big reasons was every time we've ever hunted over there, we'll park the truck right there, and the deer always walk right by it, don't they? You'll sit over there three or 400 yards away, and there they are, deer walking right by the truck, and they don't pay any attention to it. So I knew we'd be all right. Get in the back of that, sit all afternoon, nothing. And I'm thinking, my gosh, this is just one of those days deer aren't moving. And I had a, a number of buddies said the same thing. So, I mean, we hadn't seen a deer all day. So pretty discouraging day one. But like I said, like Remy said, we get to the last 10 minutes, I got to take a leak, and I'm thinking, man, I, I'm getting out. I, I got to get out of the back of this cab. So I crawl out the back, got the tailgate up, just the back cab of the window up, crawl out of that, stand on the hitchhaw, get out, and it goes boom, makes a little noise when the whole hitchhaw shifts over. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Making noise. And I look up, and back behind us, out in front of the truck, back behind where we were watching, there's a deer just walks right out. Same, come, same deal as it always does, walks down that road past the truck, and here it does the same thing. Standing there 60 yards maybe. And I just see, like I said, we're down to five minutes at this point. And so I'm telling Remy, I said, dude, there's a deer right here in front of the truck. Get your stuff. Come on. He jumps up out of his seat, and he's trying to get out without making a lot of noise. Grab the gun for him. He's handing me that. He's trying to crawl out. He gets out. He gets on the hitch all, and again, same thing. Hitch all shifts and makes a noise. Boom. And I look up, and the deer's not where he was. And I thought, dang, it's gone. It's over. Done deal. Forget about it. And Remy said, no, he went further out in the field. And sure enough, he, he was out of where I was watching him. He'd gone further out in the cornfield. And so I said, dude, get right here. We get the gun ready. And I just put my hand put my hand up on the side back side of the topper and used my arm where he could put his gun across my arm. And uh, so I'm just kind of bracing for him, giving him a little shooting rest there with my arm. He gets up there, puts the gun across. He's got a little 243, puts it across my arm. I'm holding my ear because that gun's right up my business. And I said, just nice and easy. He fires off a shot. Kapow! And I look out there, and that deer's just standing there. It hadn't moved. And I'm thinking, dude, we're not 75 yards from you, and you you are just standing there. We just blasted this gun. He just stands there, paying no attention. I thought, what a ding-dong. And then I'm He's like, Remy, you got to do better than that, son. Because Remy's a stone-cold killer. He, he can shoot the gun. And um, I said, man, you got to do better than that. Come on. So we rick-rack another shell, put another one in there. He lays it back up across my arm, right on my forearm there. I said, nice and easy, Remy. Let's get him this time. And sure enough, he squeezes a second shot off. Kapow! And I mean, just melted that sucker. He dumps right out there and just just stone cold done. And we're sitting there thinking, my gosh, I'm standing here taking a leak. Five minutes left of shooting time. And there's our one deer the whole day, and we kill it. And uh, So it ended up being a fun little evening. In the last five minutes, we drove right over there, picked him up. I mean, all our stuff loaded up. It was so simple, so easy. Like I said, that ain't hardcore hunting, but that's all right every once in a while. I enjoyed it. Drove right over there to him, hitch all, throw him on the hitch all, and you had yourself a little five-pointer or six-pointer, whatever you want to call him. And, it, uh, probably it, cool. it legally wasn't a six-pointer because it was, like, not three inches because I'm pretty sure it has to be, like, more than three inches. One inch. Or is it three inches or the one it's inch? three. A point. I thought a point had to be one inch to be considered a point, but I don't know. I think you're thinking three inches above the hairline to be considered a buck. Anything under three inches above, if his spikes are less than three inches, maybe it's con- you can consider it an antlerless deer instead of a buck. I, I think that's how it goes. I couldn't really see that night. Because, well, I could see him. It's just like it was hard to see him because yeah. it was really dark. Yeah, yeah, and it was getting late. That's why I probably didn't really shoot him that first time. Yeah, well, you were, hur- you were trying to hurry. I think you saw it just a big blob and uh, I could try tell, to make it happen. I could tell where to shoot him. It's just like... When, when, and 
and it's actually like better when daylight then right. I can actually tell like right. like I I know where his legs are. It's just like I do I normally shoot here because I couldn't really see where right. You couldn't see the definition. It was just kind of everything was a silhouette at that point. Like I said, last few minutes of the day. So that was a cool deal. Ended up our hunt there good. The couple nights before, I got to shoot a couple does. Uh, that was a good deal. That was fun. That was, I think, my last hunt before the youth hunt. Maybe that was Thursday night or Friday night. I can't remember. And uh, got to go in on a little ridge I've been hunting. And it's always a pretty good spot. You usually see lots of does and just one of those evenings, it felt good, felt right, got in there early, climbing up the tree, and I'm pull, I had him pull my bow up, I hear, and the leaves running, look up, here comes a coyote, runs right up on me, 10 yards from the back of my tree, and I'm sitting there with my bow on the ground, I thought, dad, go. So I just start grabbing my bow, start to pull it up, and obviously he sees that, and he boogies out of there, but I hate missing out on a coyote, especially at 10 or 12 yards, so the coyote's there, comes in, gets in, gets out, and that made me mad, but then I'm sitting there, what, in 45 minutes, and here comes some does down the ridge, and uh, just perfect. I think it was about four or five of them. And they walk and look like they're going to go a little wide, 30 plus, And then they turn and walk down the little dip right in front of me, come to my side of the draw and uh, or my side of the ridge and walk right up in my business. I had to stop that doe, lead doe, and shot her. She died in seconds. It was the quickest thing. She jumped up over the hill. As soon as she topped the hill, she's rolling down the back side of that ridge. And that was a beautiful thing. But then the second doe just stood around couple little ones take off running. The other third one took off running. But there was one that stood there. And I feel like it was maybe, you know, last year's little or something, maybe a year old, maybe two-year-old doe. And it's just standing up there looking. It walks out. It watched all the crap. It watched that sucker fall, run, all the stuff. But it stood there. And I thought, man, I'll shoot you too. And so I'm grabbing another arrow, reloading. I thought, it's going to be double on the ladies' night right here. And so I load up another arrow. It's standing out there. I know it's hearing me, you know, rattling, clacking, and clicking the quiver and get my arrow on the string, but loaded up. She's standing about 30 yards right there, draw back and float my pin a little bit, turn it loose, send it, and uh, just ate her lunch. She kind of dropped right into it, hit that sucker right in the shoulder, not in the shoulder, right behind the shoulder, went up in the pocket, and uh, just perfect, man, and same deal. She tops a ridge, and she's crashing on the other side, just dead in seconds, and so... It's pretty cool. Two big does in, in 30 seconds and pretty sweet evening. Then I had to figure out how to get out of there because I'd ridden the e-bike in and didn't have a hitch all, so that was kind of a cluster. But um, fun night. And um, But the cool thing about both of those, cool for me and cool for you, Remy, is that we had the opportunity, and it's kind of where I want to go with this piece today, is that we had the opportunity to score and to, to find success on deer that did should have run off, right? Your buck should have run off. You gave him a warning shot, basically. That first shot, that sucker should have run. Most deer are going to run. When you have a boom right there at 75 yards, they're going to run. But your deer just stood there. Didn't know what, what in the world was going on. Just stood there, despite the warning shot. Despite that first shot, just stood out there, and you got to pop it again. My does. I shoot one. The other one just stands out there. She's heard it. She's seen it. She watched those run off. She watched that sucker crash. And I don't know if she's just in shock and all or what the deal is. But I know she heard me up in that tree. I know she was probably looking over there, seeing me reloading, trying to figure out. She's like, what's going on up there? But she just stood there. She should have run off. The warning signs were there for her, too. She should have run off, but she didn't. And it got her killed. And that was just the deal. Your buck should have run off, but he stood there. It got him killed. 
my doe should have run off. She stood there, got her killed. And so I just want to talk with you guys real quickly as we finish up and just talking about the fact that that's what happens in our lives. When we ignore the warning signs, it will mess us up big time. And the Bible's so clear about that, man. Don't be jacking around. Don't be playing with fire. When you play with fire, what's going to happen? You get burnt, right, Aiden? I mean, when you play with fire, you get burnt. You don't want to fall down. Don't go walking around in slippery places, right? That's the deal. If you don't want to fall down, you don't go walking around in slippery places. You don't mess with things you don't need to be messing with. You don't do things you don't need to be doing. You don't need to be hanging around in places you shouldn't be hanging around. When you see those warning signs, when you hear those warning signs, you better get your stuff and get out of there. But listen to this. Proverbs chapter 4 says this. My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child. My father taught me, verse 4, take my words to heart, follow the commands, excuse me, follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, develop good judgment, don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Watch for those warning signs. All around us, there's going to be warning signs. When you start getting into stupid stuff, start doing stupid stuff, thinking about things you don't need to be thinking about, watching things you don't need to be seeing, there's going to be those warning signs and temptations. You're going to hear those things, and it's like, hey, don't be doing that. Don't be going there. You better turn around and walk away. And if we do, that's choosing wisdom. But when we just stand there and stay where we know we ought not be, that's where we get jacked up. That's where the devil loves to come in and just derail our lives when we stay in the place we ought not be. Your buck did it. My doe did it. They stayed where they ought not be. They saw and they heard the warning signs, but they stayed there, and it cost them everything. And, man, that's what happened to us. If we ignore the warning signs, if we ignore uh, the wisdom that's being shared to us and those encouraging things we hear from other people and maybe the preacher or your parents or whoever say, man, don't be, don't be messing with that. Don't be playing with fire. It'll get you burnt. And uh, that's when we are just duped by Satan. He loves to derail us. He loves to mess up our lives when we stay in the place we don't need to be staying. So I encourage you guys with that today. Don't be walking around where you don't need to be walking around. Don't be hanging out where you don't need to be hanging out, thinking about things you ought not be thinking about. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Boys, I love you. Thank you for your time today, and uh, good hanging out with you once again. For Heart Shots, we're going to get in the woods this afternoon. Hey, for those of y'all listening, appreciate you hanging out as well, and I want to encourage you to spread the word, share the podcast with somebody this week, tell somebody about it, bring them back here to the Heart Shots podcast each week that we bring as we share our story. And if you haven't done so already, man, I want to encourage you to go in and just take a minute to – Leave us a rating, write us a review. doesn't take but a few minutes. You can go check it out. Do that. That'll help us grow this thing as we continue to try to spread the word through the Hunting Roots podcast. We hope to see you back next week. Shoot straight. God bless.